Okay, this one I think is an obvious one. Definitely an obvious artist. One that I have been torturing my partner singing when we cook sometimes. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Yes. Yes. Okay, this is this yes. is what I was hoping for, the kind of immediate Yes. Um and, and the title of the songs right at the beginning. El Shaddai. <laughs> El Shaddai. Oh my God. I can't, dude. El Shaddai is a fucking banger, dude. dude I love El Shaddai. There's a, there has been a time like recently where I have just heard words that sound kind of like El Shaddai. And in my head, I've gone El Shaddai. And I like it. There, that is a very, that's, bur- I forgot about that, but it's burned. Right, same, it's, it's, same. It's burned in here. These tools are for you to Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. I'm Dave Marr. I'm a comedian who lives in Chicago. Nine years ago, I survived a month-long coma, and I woke up with more questions than answers. This week, I'm talking to basketball writer and novelist Tyler Parker. I know Tyler from our days doing improv in Chicago, especially at the beloved Upstairs Gallery, which gets shouted out in the acknowledgments is it the acknowledgments or the not the gratitudes not the he gets shouted out at the end of his debut novel a little blood and dancing which came out last year and i don't have many friends who've written novels so i wanted to talk to tyler about it and read it first it's great it's super fun it is a colorful oklahoma revenge story and it plunged me back into my own oklahoma childhood listening to christian rock and buying CDs at the Mardell Christian Bookstore. So, what you just heard was one sliver of a game called Mardell Music Trivia. And I made that to play songs for Tyler from potentially our shared childhood to see if he could name the artist. And if you listen to the full convo on Patreon, you will hear the full nine-song version of Mardell Music Trivia. Patreon always has extended episodes and bonus content, and this week, in addition to Mardell Music Trivia, we go way deeper on the novel in the full convo. I don't have sponsors, ads, or corporate backers. I have the time, energy, and inspiration to make this show, thanks to listeners like you who share it with friends, leave encouraging reviews, and financially support the show at patreon.com slash davemar. Thank you, especially to Pigeon patrons G, Barry Fontenot, Shuba Singh, Debo, Fred Fidoa, and Katie Llewellyn. Check the show notes for a link to Tyler's book and his writing for The Ringer. And now, enjoy our conversation. Here's me and Tyler Parker. I grab your whip and take it back to Shatown. When I'm in Shatown, I treat it like... Do you get the same things from writing that you got from performing? No. Did you... Okay. Is is it a viable substitute? Was the performing high even something you needed a substitute for? Maybe you and I experienced that differently because the the question underneath this question yeah. is like how do I <laughs> how, <laughs> is is there a way for me to uh distance myself from this thing that I desperately need and love, but causes me a great deal of pain. And I have a sense that if I were alone and required no one, then it would be, then it would be 
Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that last thing resonates. The, but I would also like. That's a good question. Uh, question, question, a good layered question there. The, I loved performing improv with people I liked and, and trusted. Mm-hmm. And it sort of felt like, well, I'm, I don't, I didn't know that I like wanted to be like an actor or anything like that. And as I was trying to, as I was r- doing more basketball writing and stuff like that, I just sort of started to kind of think like, oh, actually this fiction stuff maybe feels a little bit better. It's kind of merging, you know, these two kinds of worlds here and the things that would frustrate me with improv, like not walking on with something because I didn't have the exact right way to say it, mm-hmm. that stuff mm-hmm. goes out the door here. And there, there is something that's really um, uh, pleasurable about working on something for a while and trying to um, make the words better. Like trying to not being satisfied with like, okay, like this is what I want to happen and this is how I want it to feel and right now it's just at its most kind of like basic on like the language end. You know what I mean? Like how, how like trying to find ways to say it in the way that, you know, like felt exactly right and, you know, like stylish and, um, you know, like where it, I felt like I wasn't trying to sound like anything other than just like whatever I sound like. Mm-hmm. The, those were kind of the things that I started to really enjoy. And I would like, it's, it's not even as if I wouldn't be into performing still. Like if the, if the, something came along, I would love, you know, if it were right to like schedule wise, you know what I mean? Like if sure, it's like sure, with sure. these kids and shit, but like it, uh, yeah, I just sort of started to to feel like the way that I operated this was the way to go. Like it's interesting because the 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 sort of like um panicked root question that I had is basically like how do you take all the component parts of an art form that you're practicing and replace you know if you're diving into a new art form say one of the component parts of performing is immediate feedback slash acclaim right Right. so okay if i'm gonna write a book if i'm gonna make a podcast with both of those there is no immediate acclaim yeah the the, you, you know you're with a podcast you've got a little bit more control i would imagine of like you know, begging for the 
podcast reviews and then you get the quick hit of the 15 seconds that you're reading the review and you're like you know or someone's emailing you or whatever totally and and i imagine the tale is much longer with you know a, a writing process unless you're maybe in workshops or whatever anyway the thing i'm hearing from you which is of course i knew i know it's a flawed question but i enjoy like asking the flawed questions to like kind of deconstruct the flaws sure and like the flaw in the question is that like that's not how this fucking works you it's the things don't exist in component parts you're not thinking about how to replace the acclaim you're getting more excited about the specifics of the process of the new art form so that the idea of having to replace you know, it's it's almost like form. Yeah, you, you almost just like give like you give up. There is you you do still have it in your head, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you 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 definitely give it up in the like immediate for sure. Like while you're writing it, you just sort of like it's just sort of a, a okay. Obviously, like I'm not gonna it's not, it's not going to be the same as like delivering a joke in a two person improv show, right, you know, right. like at a, like packed upstairs or something like that. Like, it's just not going to be, it's there, there's, there's not going to be that. So don't expect such a thing yes. there where I have like messed up individually is there was a part of me and I didn't even realize how much until like after the book came out and basically I really, really wanted to do the audio book. Like I really wanted to be the reader really bad, Dave. And I knew I wanted to be the reader, but then whenever they and for a little while, it was like, well, we don't think it can just be you because there's a lot of women in this and sure. which sort of, and I was like, yeah, co-narrators are great. Let's do that. And like, listen to, they sort of like, I kind of said like, Hey, here's the kind of thing I'd kind of, you know, you, you, you give them your little, how I'd like it to sound, what, mm-hmm. what's in my head mm-hmm. type of shit. And they sent, they sent me like, you know, there were like five women who read different sections of the book real short stuff and the girl i picked couldn't do or the girl i or maybe that maybe it was the either my first or second choice was available and so we got them and but then it sort of winds up that the producer has decided going back and forth between a man and a woman would just be a little bit too confusing Mm -hmm. and there's far more women in the sure. novel than men and you're often in a closer third to them than you are with him like yes. t- like and so it makes sense that interior wise that it's still a woman narrating right, in those right, you know? right. and so so it was like I wasn't going to get to to do it and when I tell you it sent me into a funk, Dave, I was so bummed about it. And right. What are the thoughts? The thoughts are, I 
holy shit, I've been the seven years that I've been writing this book and not really performing that much. Mm-hmm. I've been in the back, 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 back recesses, hoping against all hope that I was still going to get to do these bits out loud myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I could have the audiobook and people listening to the audiobook and you imagine people laughing at your bits. And I know that that's what they're doing even with her reading it. Right. But right, I right, was right. I it was it was such a like loss for me to not get to like and it's obviously there's plenty of other, you know, sad things going on in the world who gives a shit. But <laughs> yeah. that like that was that I I was so I didn't realize how pumped up I was to do them, you know what I mean? And yeah. then whenever I thought about like oh man, she and then like like what if she gets it wrong? Right. What if she gets the bit wrong? I listened to like a minute and 55 seconds of the of the thing and like freaked out and turned it off. I haven't listened to any more of it. And so it's like not even that it sounds bad. It's just like, yeah. you know, you have a certain way that you like have read it in your head your, the whole mm-hmm. time you've been writing it. And then you hear a couple of lines and they don't sound exactly how right. they sound to you when you're reading it. Like rhythmically, you're like, well, wait, why are you only here? You're going too slow. Let's like, no, right, don't right, read. Right, right. No, don't read it. Like, and it's like, it's all wildly unfair on my part. And just, you know, sure. and so I was just like, I should, this is, uh, would be a disaster for me to try to listen to this whole thing psychologically right now. And so, yeah. I, so I'm not going to do it. I'm sure I will at some point, but. So have you come to a peace with it or is it still a very. I don't uh, think I've, I, I think podcasts okay. are better when people have come to peace with things that they discuss. No, <laughs> I, I, I like that. that but not. I don't I, like, I'm way more at peace with it than I was. I'll tell you that. Sure. Like. Um, it's still every now and again, when I think about it, I'm like, I wonder what I could, I wonder if I could get a SoundCloud and put it, you know, like, you know, you just like, you yeah, like the, totally, totally. Like you just the unauthorized. Thinking, yeah. Yeah. And so it, um, you know, like. And like, like all the thoughts that come with that, where it's like, you little piece of shit, what do you care? Like, just like get on with it. Like it, so you didn't get to read it and get the laughs. Like, oh, you didn't get, you didn't get to get praise for something. Oh, you poor boy. Like there's like a part. I think. Go ahead. The thing that is coming up for me, and this will be our way into the podcast proper. One of the big tentpole questions I asked toward the end of the podcast is what's your coma in the sense of a moment of any moment, big or small of transformation where before you're one version of yourself after you're another Sure. in reference to my own coma, which is a very obvious way of splitting a life and in which there are very, there are very real ways in which I I look and go, Oh, that's kind of it's a, it's simplistic, but oh, that's old Dave. Oh, this is new Dave. Sure, you know? that makes so sense. So, if you don't mind not being able to choose your answer to that question, and us us focusing on the switch from performing to fiction writing as a coma, sure, 
the thing that's coming up for me is when things change, when dreams change, when, when, because I've spent so much of my life, as I imagine you maybe have too, thinking about creative output. Right. You know, work has been a big, has been the main part of my life, even as I have long relationships and friendships and, and other uh, interests. The so the idea of like dreams has usually applied to creative professional aspirations, and for those things to morph and change, the idea of 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 dreams always getting bigger and better, of like okay, you know I don't I don't want to be on a network sitcom, but I'm gonna write a fucking book i'm gonna write a fucking novel sure is 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 a type of like growing ambition whereas for me to go oh i don't want to be on a network sitcom or i'm not going to pursue being on a network sitcom uh but i will pursue making my own independent podcast the thing sure. i've had to reckon with is like okay dude there if if you are if you are Un, if you're not generous with yourself, there are ways to look at what you're doing as smaller, as sour grapes, as settling for for what you're for what you do to pretend that that's what you wanted to do all along. When really, what it is is like your dreams change, right? And there's yeah. and there's like sacrifices that have to be made. And so the thing I'm hearing as you're like less of a performer, you're a fucking full-on fiction writer, is that, like, yeah, of course it's not a clean process where you're like, oh, this is just the most realized version of myself. Any regrets are completely burned off and left in the back. There are still things in you that are like, man, I wish I could do the audiobook. Yeah. No, I thought, dude, yes. At, at 1,000%, it... It's that like, it's the constant battle where you have, like I I I have to keep reminding myself because it's true that the successes that the book came out, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and I really like there's. There's a part of me that that like when I hear myself say that I'm like bullshit like I know right you, right right you right. know and like it's it's would be a complete lie if I sat here and was like totally happy that, that with the amount of coverage it got you know what I mean mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you, I wasn't ex you, like I wasn't expecting much but you re realize that you're like or at least. you want it to be accepted so much that you're just like, it's, it's, um, you get, I'm not doing a good job of explaining it. Like you get, you get into the mindset where you're like constantly trying to not think about the, the, um reception and right. and it and it it 
is very it's the moment that you tell yourself to nod it's the you know the the elephants in the room right and so it's like it doesn't um it's a it's a it's a it's a constant battle to stay in what i think is the right mindset which is it's like the victory has already happened like right and and but but like i i want to be evolved enough to just live in that space permanently and then you see like an end of the year novels Mm -hmm, list. mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, and clicking on it, I know absolutely not. My shit's not anywhere near here, but then you like, you've already seen the thumbnail. You've already seen that your cover hasn't made the thumbnail. Well, it's also like, I bet if it was in here, it would have been reviewed in this publication prior to this (laughs) list coming out. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, you know how much money's in your bank account. You know what I mean? Like when, you, like mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. you like me going to the ATM and pulling up the balance isn't gonna make the <laughs> right. Isn't gonna make the number get bigger. Well, it, the thing I'm hearing is yeah. that like it, it's it's it, of course it was absurd of me to think that like man Tyler fucking did it, dude. Tyler wrote a novel. Tyler did one of those things that like. When you grow up in America, right. you prob- probably grow up as a white dude in America where you're given a menu of all the things you can do, become president, write a <laughs> right. novel, be an astronaut. You know, this is one of those 10 <laughs> things that like everyone thinks will be on their ultimate achievement buckle list. Tyler did it. Man, he's probably really ascended to a new level of uh, peace and humanity and and, you know... I mean, it's you know what's funny is like, a, the, I hear the, all of that and like, yes. Well, and that you haven't. The, no, the, that's like, the, of course. Uh, yes, yeah. it. I would also say that my reactions to like not getting to do the audio book, it it scares me for what my like how I would have held myself had it not gotten published at all. Like, I think I would have been a real sad boy for a real long time. Oh, sure, sure. You know what I mean? Right. And, like, it, it, um, it, cause there's like, there was a point where I thought it wasn't going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, it had, like, it, it was, you know, it, it, the, 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 I just re- I just remember like at one point sort of at the worst of like man what's what's wrong with me like I not can't can't even read the book that I wrote what the hell is it you know, right, like right. like I just sort of remember thinking this like there's nothing for it. Like you, there, there, there. I, I can't. No good comes from it. Ultimately, like that whole like. Um. C- 
constantly going to that. Like it's almost more just like trying to get to a place where you realize that nothing good has ever come from going into that like yep. Yep. space. And like just because it's comfortable doesn't mean that it's the right place to go. And it, yeah, I don't know. I'm all over the place, Dave. I apologize. It's the, okay, it, dude. It, the it, thing it, that I'm like, yeah, it's hitting for me is the 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 sort of, I, I mean, a thing with these like coma moments is that usually it's a a fact of something changing, right? So it's like. Right you get sober or you have a kid or you get into the college or you don't get into the college. And what you're reckoning with is a specific fact of your life changing, a specific possibility being narrowed from infinite to one. And so for you, the audiobook, who could narrate it? Could you narrate it? The answer being definitively no. Yeah. The thing that's nice about that is you're going to reckon with it at some point. Once a thing becomes a fact in your life and doesn't change, right. it, it, you, you don't even have to do that much psychological work for just the, the longer it is a fact for that to become less, uh, you know, the, the, the daydreaming about it to be less possible to torture yourself. You're like, Oh, it's just the way it is. It's a thing right. you accept, you know. That's you're. That's a. That is a great point, and you're exactly right. It. But it's. Um, Thank you. <laughs> it's. It's. It's very much like. Well, no, the sky is just blue. It's not. There's nothing to argue with here. So let me ask you, Tyler Parker. Yes. What do you hope happens when you die? Oh, man. Boy, I hope heaven is real. I would really like it to be real. <laughs> I've not thought about it on these. Like, I, I, have, you think of, I think about the God stuff a lot, but like that very... I haven't been asked that, that explicitly before, or that like um, simply, um, like in a good way. The... Yeah, man, I hope it's real. It would be nice to, like, see people again. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah. I was going to ask what aspects of it you hope are real. I would like to see some people again. I think I would just like to be able to um, hang out, you know? Like, it seems like a good... <laughs> it seems like that, like, it's... If, if, if heaven is kind of, you know your ideal and perfect then i like i think i'd just probably be hanging out a lot and i and i i would i would love to do that you know for ever that'd be great um maybe have a i mean it's safe to say you'd like to have a big big yard where you can play football man yes <laughs> yes but it's not my father. It's not my father's house anymore. It's mine. It's your house. Yeah. Well, the, the thing. Okay. Did you grow up? Was it Baptist or were you? Because for me, it was like non-denominational, evangelical. It was, it was like. Tongues. So it was. It wasn't speaking in tongues. It was 
it was Baptist. It was like I went to First Baptist Muskogee. Okay. Um, what I have found though is like that the strain I was getting was I think pretty similar to like the non-denominational evangelical. Right. Like it, th- there was, I've like talked to people in <laughs> grew up in both camps and it seems pretty exact and like a, what was the praise and worship music was it a was it a mod was it a rock band or was it was it an old choir was it a some hybrid of things it was a, it was a hybrid in the okay. in the in the like main church service i think there was one service earlier in the morning for a lot of the old people that would just be like, I think, I don't even know if there was a choir for that one. I think it was just kind of piano and organ and like a music, the music minister up there singing. Right. And then in the like 1030 service, the more contemporary service, okay. there would be like, the, there would be a choir, but there would like be like electric drums and uh, electric (laughs) fucking guitar center must have sold so many of those dinky looking electric drum kits to strictly laughing laughing all the way to the bank man like (laughs) it like given like selling headphones specifically for those like Uh you poor schlubs like like you losers doing this yeah but they like it There'd be that. There'd be like you know, often an acoustic and electric guitar, maybe a bass. Um, but yeah, there was it, it was it was a mix too. There would be piano stuff and you know, that sort of thing. But that was kind of the 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 musically that was the the vibe. It was like very much like, um, you know, the, there's a uh, uh, screen up on the wall above the baptistry, and you yep, project yep, the yep, words yep. onto that. Like you know what I mean? Like it was pretty. It seemed pretty standard, at least for yeah. our neck of the woods. And it, it's it's notable that you are saying you hope heaven is real, not that the strain of Christianity you grew up with is right in a blanket way. You're not hoping that hell oh, is real as I'd, well. No, no, no. I would <laughs> no, I would really prefer it to not be real. Yeah. The <laughs> um you know, I'd go to bed a lot a lot easier. Um it uh <laughs> it would, No, I mean and I don't I that it's 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 so interesting like cuz I I like I listen I listen to your your uh episode with Tisher and with Brunley because uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love those guys and they're both so funny. Um, and so like I was like thinking about these things, but it's, but they are things where it's like, it depends on the day that you ask me and the mood that I'm of course, of course. in it. It, uh, yeah. Like I, I have such a hard time not like imagining like when I when I do think that when I'm in some mood where I'm like hell is real, it, it I'm it's like a cartoonish hell. Like yeah. it, like yeah. so many flames. It's ridiculous. It, it, like 
just everything constantly melting, like except for you, but you're like you're you kind of are. You yeah, know? you're in a yeah the first first constantly in the first stages of melting. Whatever the yeah. most painful stages. Yeah. Like your 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 skin's starting to get like putty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. and um, but no, I mean I like whenever I was writing. Like, cause there's, there's like times where Priscilla starts like thinking about hell in the book. Yeah. And it, there is some language in the Bible that says it's like dark down there. And right. right. So that like, and I was kind of fascinated by that idea of this like world of fire, which gives light supposedly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can't see anything. And it, that, you know, like that, what kind of what I wrote in the book, honestly, like I didn't like, I really just tried to sit there and think like, okay, if this is true, then what would it, and like the other sort of cartoonish stuff about hell is true, where it's like you, you are aware and you, mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. in, in constant, pain and turmoil physically and emotionally like and if there are like screams how is that even physically how is a how is a how is a if we if we do still have our human bodies or whatever or that's all i can know uh, that's the only like organism i can know about in terms of like i don't imagine i don't imagine we like become like blobs down there or whatever. If we yes. did, that's that's just not how my imagination works. I guess. And so it's like, I really tried to think about like, okay, how would this, how could this even work? Like mm-hmm. the the throat. How is the throat even capable of such things? <laughs> how, how can the body even make a sound if it's been screaming forever? Yeah. And burning forever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How, how are the pipes still together enough? How is something not snapped inside there to where no sound can happen anymore? Right. And your you answer know? was just, it's just kind of, it's hard. It's difficult. It's, it'd be pretty rough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've talked to, I, I mean, we, we have the cartoon hell. Yeah. But I do like to ask people to paint their hell. So paint your hell, a, a custom hell, freed yeah. from the trappings, if so desired, of a Oklahoma Baptist upbringing. Right. Okay. Designed to torture you specifically. Okay. I think it's like I'm at a. small to medium sized house party uh-huh. with a friend and the friend doesn't really know that many people at the house party either he knows like two people and that friend has gone to the bathroom and they just stay in there forever. And I'm in the corner of this house party and they drove and I can't go anywhere. 
and there's no, I can't go outside mm-hmm. and there's nowhere to sit down. And someone sees me and thinks that, oh, this is a wallflower. If I talk to him and engage him, he'll start to have a good time. Mm-hmm. And they come over and they're like, talk to me in a sincere sort of way, trying to uh, get me to open up because they see that I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. When all I want to do is just like stand here and and look at my phone and and, and not be bothered. Yeah, I think in th- that conversation, like th- I would just to be forever trapped, kind of in the very beginning of that conversation. Yeah, it's a social limbo. It sounds like it's a it's a it's different than a party where you don't know anyone because there is the there's there's the promise of a deeper conversation somewhere by having the friend and the friend's friend there's the condescension of the person treating you so sincerely as as if they're trying to you know throw you a line there's a lot of nice social discomfort there's also gonna be like self-hatred for me like can't you just be nice and just have a chat yes yes of course and like inevitably of course i will have the chat and but like what like why can't i like this Why, why can't i want to why can't i not be thinking these thoughts right now and not just be thinking about this conversation that i'm having So to return to the what do you hope happens when you die then? Well, I'm creating a, 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 a castle of editing for myself. But I know. I've, I feel like I've fucked you. Sorry not at all. Not at all. Not at okay. all. I, I, I refuse to allow the guests to take any ownership for how the episode goes. If, it's, uh, if they're feeling like they had a good time they need to know that it's important that I gave them that good time. If it's, if it's going well, it's, it's me, but if they're feeling off in any way, they need to know that, that I, I feel, I feel as if they're not trusting me enough to make something beautiful from it. And they really need to get their head right and, and understand that I'm going to take care of them and that it's a disrespect to me. If they, if they <laughs> do feel so I get that completely. <laughs> I love so, that's fantastic. Yes. <laughs> but so, is your the, the you know we can we can flesh out what you hope happens when you die more if you want but the sense i'm getting is like the part of heaven that is it is a pleasant hangout where people where everyone you know is alive and around but is the the joke of man i really hope heaven is real rooted at all in what what's your feeling about consciousness disappearing because i've realized that yeah. is the root for me is like oh boy that's a, that's a tough one it's a t- i'm i i don't know i there is there is a big doubter in me that for the large um the 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 largest percent of my adolescence right like you sort of think like is this the devil inside me saying 
like you know like saying like uh the is this for come on is this come on really that right you're right. gonna believe that come on yeah like there like there is like a I just sort of like inherent like contrarianist in my head that um does have like a hard time often <laughs> with like some of the stuff and then there is well, the, some like of which stuff the idea of like belief it has a hard time or no I'm just talking about like like the existence of God <laughs> heaven like like it's like there is a there is a percentage of me that believes one thousand percent. Yes, it's for sure. Mm, okay, God is for sure real, and there is another like percentage of me often that thinks no way, and like I haven't really reconciled with where I fall. You know, like unequivocally to be honest with you like i think that might be an unrealistic goal to to have a specific place that you fall unequivocally right okay good well yeah i i i like i remember being a kid and you know you have those moments where you're like this guy maybe god's not real maybe this isn't real mm -hmm. and like you like try that on, you know what I mean? And I, I remember thinking like, oh no, am I going to be in trouble with God for thinking this? Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and being for a long time, so afraid of like that question, like, being being worried about like oh like is you know they make you so scared to be like lukewarm in that culture to be like the lukewarm yes. christian where it's right, like you know right, you're right, like right. It, it, they 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 make you terrified of that they're like this is worse than the non-believers mm -hmm. you know like that sort of mm -hmm. shit and so and there's so i think that like when any of that sort of like doubt would enter the mix or um questions whatever ah shit this thing went out that's okay um it would be like you think your soul is at stake just like the 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 questioning of it and so you sort of run from that that uh that question you know right. and even to ask and, the question is too scary yes and because you because you start to think like well if i start questioning this then i'm questioning the whole shebang i'm questioning how i mm -hmm. grew up i'm questioning how i feel about all of it right. and and you don't feel like ready for that you know and and um it, I don't have, you know, you don't, that, that sort of stuff doesn't uh, land with the same intensity as you get older, obviously. Um, but yeah, there, there is like a, there's a, there's a part of me that thinks that 
it's all just going to kind of go black and, mm-hmm. and that'll be that. And but are you afraid of that? I'm not, I'm not afraid of that. Mm. If I would be sad, but I'm not afraid of that. Okay. I'm afraid, I'm afraid of hell. <laughs> <laughs> Let me let me land us with uh, a a question that's kind of uh, kind of perpendicular to to all this, based on the previous one man show I did, which was set in the afterlife. And one of the rules of this afterlife, I said, is that everyone gets to relive one memory. So it's a memory almost like a room that you can pop into and out of whenever you want. It's not men in black that all your other memories are wiped, but this is one that you get to particularly viscerally re-experience whenever you feel like it, however many times you feel like it, but you do have to choose just one. And if that were the case, what memory would you choose to populate your afterlife with? Our, the girls are getting a little bit older. Mm-hmm. They're six and four now. And the four, they both love bits. And the four-year-old is really like just a ham. And there will be times where she'll just start to copy like someone just say the thing that they said, Mm -hmm. but just in like a silly sort of way, classic bit. bit. And she'll do it sometimes like as a minion because she's into minions right now. And there's, there's been, there was a time like, this was like a couple nights ago and she was doing like a version of that and we like we she was making her sister laugh really hard and Blythe was laughing really hard and I was laughing very hard and then she was also making her she was loving the bit <laughs> you know and yeah. she she has like this like smokers kind of raspy laugh like yeah and she she just kept doing it over and over and would take the time to laugh every time she did it and then would go right back to it and then would laugh and would just make herself laugh to the point of falling down and just we're all like laughing at the joke but just also like how hard it's making the two girls laugh yeah and it's the, those have been that would be the you know that that's the the thing that i thought of like the the moments when you, when your one kid makes the other kid laugh and it's like a good joke and it's mm-hmm. like one that's like it's like one that's like pure you know what i mean and just like silly and um and just enjoyed by all there's like 
there's none of that like, well, th- this is a good bit, but it's got it's got a lot of poop material in here. Sure, like, sure, sure, should sure. should we try to set a tone here or just la- there's none of <laughs> there's there's none of that. You know what I mean? It's just like that. I got no problems with this bit. This is this is un- this is this bit is uncancelable. And it, uh, it, um, you know, like it, 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 uh, just becomes about like, you know, the fun and everything that's, that's that those are the watching them make each other laugh or is, is real fun. Um, what was the, was it a, was she repeating after someone? Was it a specific joke? She was repeating the name it's so there's sometimes whenever they go to their grandparents house they'll watch instead of like watching like a a uh like disney plus because maybe um grandma won't know how to get it up on disney plus she'll just grandma still has cable she'll just turn on the disney channel and there's a um like on the disney channel there are certain like ads that are just for the Disney channel, like about shows that are, you know, coming up next, blah, blah, blah. Right. There's a star of one of these shows right now that has three names. Like he's like a three name guy, Mm -hmm. this kid. And I can't remember his name because they just kept saying it so fast. And so like, I don't know what his actual sort of thing is. I think his first name is Troy. And they just kept saying his name over and over and in the way that they felt like the like voiceover guy on the Disney channel was saying it, this like took like investigation from Blythe and I, we were like, what are y'all talking about? Like, what is this name? And finally we got the six year old to say there's a commercial while we were watching bluey that was blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it was some three, some three Just names saying his name over saying his name over and over in the way that the announcer was sort of saying it. Mm, and so okay. it's going a so little, this was little not bit. a minion version. It started to get into like it, they will sometimes devolve into when it stops being like normal human language, right. it will then shift into minion talk. At the like, so she's doing a minion. Is she doing an impression of a specific minion, or she's generalizing and kind of becoming her own I th- minion? I think the one that she was doing was Bob, because she is very into Bob. She got a Bob stuffy for Christmas, okay. and she also Bob was a favorite character because Bob is the one that has the little teddy bear Steve, mm, and she, mm-hmm, she and. It, Bob says his name very funny. It's just yes, yes, yes. Bob and King Bob. Yeah. Yes, and so she just kind of fell for Bob for some reason, and so she, she was doing the low voice kind of thing, and then they like to get into like basically like gibberish talk every right. now and again whenever they get like super like lock in punchy, yeah, and yeah. like it devolved into to that that was like the arc of the bit was that i guess <laughs> okay was, was um but yes it was the yeah watching um watching her get a kick out of her own bit and it not bothering like the the older one loving it and also like having to hold her stomach laughing mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what i mean 
Oh, totally. Yeah, it was great. I will say if my interpretation of the secret message of A Little Blood and Dancing being uh, that that if you get really jealous of someone you uh, to the point of killing that 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 you need to find a way out of jealousy uh, or you might kill the person the 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 flip side of that that i have found i found these these spaces in my taste where i've just taken a step back either i did hate on something and i reevaluated it or I saw the possibility of hating on it and, yeah. and was just like, wait, do I hate this? And, and opening yourself up to the possibility of liking something is such a joy. And my experience, my biggest, one of my biggest experiences of that is with the minions where they existed as this ambient thing in my Dude. world where I was like, this resonates so much with me. Yes. I was like, that seems kind of annoying. And then I got obsessed with them. Cause I'm like, dude, is there anything that is a purer positive add to the world than a bunch of weird little Twinkie looking guys that just make silly noises? That's all like, how, how, why did I think these guys were hateable? These guys are the fucking best. Dude. When I watched, when I, because I was the same as you, I was like, "This shit looks like yeah. the ba- the mo- the most basic form of entertainment." This is a, we, this is what we think of our kids. Are you kidding me? We're doing this, and then finally, the youngest one, she just had like had enough friends, and she had seen them like her friends. You know, they have they, they have them or whatever, and they're like you know odd looking little guys, and. So she was just like really wanting to watch it one day. And it's like, you're just too, you're too tired to have the argument that day. And you're like, you know what? Fine. Yeah. And then you sit down and watch it and you're like, wow, they really did it. Like they actually had had some, some decent little jokes in there. And then I remember when they were going to have just like the full, cause I, I had seen like the full minions movie before even like Despicable Me, like she oh, she uh, okay, she hadn't okay. even wanted to, the, the oldest one hadn't wanted to watch that and the youngest one hadn't yet. And so I was like, I can't believe they made a whole movie about these little things. Like this is like a, this is like a a, a sketch like that you'd see like on yeah. like PBS or something. You know what I mean? Right, like right, this, right, is, right, this doesn't right. make, this is like a cartoon that should be like delivered in short, like five minute segments. And when you see some of the bits land, you're just kind of fl- floored by yeah. it yeah. because it, it, you are like, but they're not, he's not saying any words. <laughs> Which is why it's so pure. It's like, yeah. dude, if I had allowed myself to hate this, like how worse would my life have been? It's, it is it's one of those things. As soon as I watched it, I was like, how, how dare I have felt like, Oh, this wildly popular thing. Like, I'm sure there's nothing in it for me. That is the show. Go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr to hear more about Tyler's book, A Little Blood and Dancing, and to get the full version of Mardell music trivia you heard at the beginning of the episode and find his work for The Ringer in the show notes. Thank you truly for listening. Tell a friend who'd love This Is Your Afterlife about the show. 
and leave a review in Apple Podcasts if you listen there and haven't yet. Until next week, remember, you are a mist. Miracles. Miracles. You can do them. Have faith. You are human. Only human. And human beings, they do.